0: Welcome to 420 and 3Xs. It's the Smoke Show Podcast. I am your host, Smokey V, bringing you the realest conversations (laughs) with the illest fans. We like to talk about all sorts of stuff in here on the stream. We like to get real. We like to be vulnerable. We like to talk about real situations, relatable problems, interesting topics that often aren't on the table for conversation. I hope that you will join me roll yourself a blunt, kick up your feet, crack yourself a can, get relaxed, get cozy, get in a place where you can open up your mind, and get ready to dive deep. It is my hope that these conversations that we have with each other create better relationships and connections with yourself and with others. Let's get ready for the topic of the week. Let's go. This is the second episode in the Alternative Relationship Series. (laughs) The first one was on sugar ships. If you didn't catch that one, scroll back and check it out. Tonight's topic is one that's a little more personal to me. The chat decided on this one, gave them a couple options, and you guys decided to talk about non-monogamy tonight. This is one of our probably most visited topics, I think, as a group everybody seems to have questions about this one Uh, we've gotten into some debates we've had some hurt feelings we've had some open minds (laughs) change perspectives non-monogamy is something that is not all that unnatural it's just uncommon I guess uncommonly spoken about so we're going to get into some non-monogamy tonight buckle up, get ready (laughs) here we go Non-monogamy. First of all, let's define this. We see and hear this term a little bit more lately. If you are on online dating sites, then you are probably seeing it as E-N-M, ethically non-monogamous, non-monogamous. Monogamy. Monogamy is partnership. It is when you are in partnership or in union with another person, usually in an intimate way, okay? Um, A monogamous relationship, mono, is a single relationship. It is a single partnership. It is a two-person dynamic. In non-monogamy, it means that it is more than one person or two people, more than one partner, let's say. So non-monogamy... Simply is a very broad term that says there is more than one partner at one time, or the potential. It doesn't guarantee that it's happening currently, but this person is open to a lifestyle where there could be more than one sexual partner at one time. Okay. We take it a little bit deeper, and this gets defined and broken down into different things, but the next most common word that you will hear with non-monogamy, besides the word ethical, and we will totally get into that later, uh, is polyamory, polyamorous. Polyamory is the ability to form deep, loving connections with more than one partner. Okay? So where non-monogamy is strictly talking about the physical, sexual nature, more or less, which there's nothing wrong with that, uh, polyamory is talking a little bit more about the emotional connections, the level of intimacy, the depth of the relationship is your first thought when I bring up non-monogamy? What is your thoughts? Let's get your first comments. Let's get your first questions. When I bring this up, what do we got? I'm sure we've already got something already here. RJ already said taboo. The guy loses every time. That's what we said on Twitch here. Is this true? Schwinn says, depends on how assertive he is in each given moment. I think it's about assertion. Johnny says it's much easier for a girl to find a sexual partner than a man. Do you think that's really true? I feel like if it becomes unbalanced, it can easily be one-sided. I think that there is the assumption that females can always find partnership because we're females, and men are sometimes disgusting or sometimes just driven by sexual desires, etc., etc., and that a girl can find a partner so easily and guys struggle. What I say to that is... Yeah, right. You know how hard it is to find a quality human being as a female? (laughs) Like, yeah, everyone wants us, but do we want everyone out there? Absolutely not. I don't think that that's valid at all. And I think that maybe in non-monogamy, if a girl just really likes to have sexual encounters, then that might be the case. But somebody who's building a relationship, it's so hard to build a relationship with one human being, let alone to find multiple partners. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Wayne says, oh, now you want quality, too. (laughs) Yeah, we want quality. We don't just want quantity. It's not about how many we can acquire in non-monogamy. It's about if the opportunity arises for partnership or for meaningful connection, we will not shut it down. That's non-monogamy. It does not mean multiple partners. Trust me, I don't even want to be with one person full-time. So to be with two people, to be with six people, to constantly go out and running around and building all these relationships, no. It's literally almost impossible to maintain multiple partnerships at a high level or like so many people because your energy will just drain. Unless the dynamic is always constantly a give, take, and equal, it's going to be exhausting and draining. So when you're spread out with more and more partnerships, you can't go deep because you're taking all that energy and spread it, bringing it back to the surface and spreading it out wide. You can choose multiple partners, meaning one, two, three. Some people have four. I feel that it's easy for men to get a partner. I feel society says they should find multiple women. I agree, Joe. But then if it happens on the reverse, everyone's shocked. That's why everyone's always like, what do you mean you're non-monogamous? Because <laughs> I'm a girl. <laughs> like, what? Girls can do that? They're allowed? What? Do you involve yourself emotionally? Absolutely. Yeah. It's not just about sex for me. I can go without sex. I will say this till the day I die, that I can please myself the best. So it's not about sexual um, partners all the time. It's not just about the sexual interaction. It's definitely mental for some, like mentally stimulating. Um, it can be emotional. There is physical There are all sorts of reasons that we are attracted to people. (laughs) And for me, just as an evolved human, now in my third decade of living... I want to build meaningful connections. So yeah, I want to get emotionally involved. If I, if we get to that point where we're spending time together and we're spending enough time together, I have to like you. And if I like you, I'm going to open up my emotions to you. If you can't handle that, then, and our partnership is strictly a physical thing, that's fine. We can stick around. It might not last as long. We'll try it out, see what happens. <laughs> you know, but I'm really here for meaningful connections, not one night stands. Emotions is a good question, Joe says. Is that something that should be talked about first? Yes, everything should be talked about. The first thing that you should say when you're entering a relationship or dating someone and you're non-monogamous is, hey, I'm non-monogamous. I have more than one partner or I can. I have the potential of having more than one partner at one time. Is that something you're comfortable with or open to? And in that moment, if you know that you're non-monogamous, if you know that you have been cheating Your entire life on your partners and you are in monogamous relationships, I'm just going to tell you right now that you are non-monogamous. And instead of feeling like a sack of shit and hating yourself for ruining all these relationships and hurting all of these people, understand that you're forcing yourself into something that's not natural for you and you're never going to be that person. So instead of doing that, why don't you filter out those monogamous partners by initially saying, hey, I'm non-monogamous. Are you cool with that? Because I guarantee you'll find people who say yes. You will find partners that say, yes, it might take a little while, might take some trial and error, but you will. And then you suddenly go from being a cheater to being a fully sexually healthy, emotionally structured human being because you took yourself out of a box that you didn't belong in. I might have to disagree with you there. My feeling is that you are in a relationship and cheat because you're not satisfied. And that can be a reason, too. Maybe you're not satisfied, but that's what I'm saying is you're not satisfied in one thing, a monogamous person is going to work on that or ignore that lack of satisfaction. A monogamous person is going to either stifle it, stuff it, or fix it. A non-monogamous person isn't. They're going to feed it. They're going to respond to it. They're going to quench their thirst. That's what I'm talking about there. Jason says he's found that plenty of people have said yes, that they can handle it, and two weeks later, they act like it was never discussed. Jason, I agree with you. I agree with you. And here's the, here's the reason, and I'm not going to commiserate with you because I respect these people for trying it out and deciding it's not for them. That's really what it is. And in difficult lifestyles or alternative lifestyles, it's totally fair for other people to not understand It's not for them. It just might not be. And they might have wanted to try it out and they wanted to give it a shot because you were worth it. It seemed fun. But then they get into it and I respect them all the more because they know their limits. So if they know their limits, then here's what you say. We talked about this. Thank you so much for being open-minded and for trying it. I've really enjoyed the time we've had together, but this is not something that's going to work for us. I wish you the very best. And if things ever change, let me know. And you walk away. Because that's a dumpster fire waiting to happen. <laughs> you're still betraying their trust, and you should have talked about dissatisfaction or ended the relationship. Yeah, Wayne, but that's what I'm saying. People who are monogamous, I think you're miss. I think I'm misconveying what I'm talking about. If a non-monogamous person is in a monogamous relationship with a monogamous person, you're gonna know because they tend to have multiple partners that's the that's what I'm saying now they don't have to but likely if someone is a like a relentless cheater (laughs) then they might want to explore open relationships is kind of the moral of my story society says to find someone who makes you happy you should be happy yourself and the other person should add to that I agree with that but happiness is a decision. It's not a destination. So if you think that you're going to be happy by finding a partnership or you're waiting on that, then I'm sorry to let you down, but that's not the case. But ethically speaking, <laughs> people can get hurt. Super safe, as in don't have this conversation while she's chopping vegetables. Yes. <laughs> don't have, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can layer and split things so much. Yes, you can, Schwinn. You can decide what you need from different partners. I'm sure you've been in a relationship. Has anyone ever been in a relationship where they're like, oh my God, this person is so good and exactly what I need in this area. But damn, I wish they did this. Or I wish they stopped doing this. Or I wish we could do this. You know, and it's just really like, damn, that's a really big part of who I am as a human. You know, like I get all of this intellectual stimulation from our relationship, all of this financial security, but you never want to go out. You never want to show me off. You never want to go dancing. You never want to go socialize. And that's a huge part of who I am. So instead of losing myself, I can find a partner who likes to do those things. And then accept the other partner for who they are. Their intellectual stimulation, their security, but have the ability to have fun. And that partner, the first one, is usually in a non-monogamous relationship grateful for that person to do those things that they don't want to do. (laughs) Is non-monogamy and friends with benefits different? Friends with benefits is an outdated title that we really fucked with in high school, guys. Friends with benefits. I'm just going to put this out there. When you're an adult and you have friendships, your friendships can become sexual. You can explore that if you're both comfortable with it without calling it benefits. Your friendships can be sexual. You can have casual sexual relationships with people that you call friends. Why? Because those are the people that you know. They're the people that you trust, that you have some intel on. So if you're attracted to them and we're all adults, have a little conversation. Put it out there. See what happens. If they say no and they don't bite, then that's fine. You could just laugh it off. But maybe they are interested. So friends with benefits is kind of like a weird, murky title. Any friend can have beneficial qualities. They don't always have to be sexual. But if you want to explore it, there's nothing wrong with having sex with friends <laughs> like, and not having it be anything more than just friendships. If those people are, you know, if you share that idea. Swingers. Swingers can be non-monogamous, yes. Now, people who are non-monogamous do not mean that they are always non-monogamous. This is a common misconception. Just because you have the likelihood or interest or open mind or inclination to have different partners does not mean you always have more than one. You could be non-monogamous and also not had sex for a couple of years to be non-monogamous and all of a sudden meet someone awesome and then meet someone else awesome at the same time. Be non-monogamous, find a partner, marry that partner, love that partner forever, and never have an inclination to be non-monogamous again, but being open to the idea if it happened, you would let yourself. There are all sorts of forms of non-monogamy. I just want to put that out there. So when someone says they're non-monogamous, it's really important that we don't jump to the conclusion of what that might look like, what their lifestyle is, who they are. Hmm. Tofu says, I was in prison for two years, and now I want both. Females mostly, but I don't decline certain males. Is that weird? Absolutely not. That is not weird. That is... It could be non-monogamous if you don't mind having the same type of partner or having two partners at one time. If you're looking for one separately from the other, then it wouldn't be. It would be monogamous. Um, But if you're open to both at the same time in the same time frame, it's totally non-monogamous and it's actually really, really common. Bisexuality, that's another misconception with non-monogamy. Non-monogamy does not um, require any change in your sexuality. If you identify as straight, you can be non-monogamous and straight. (laughs) You can like the opposite gender and only the opposite gender, or you could be bisexual. So it could work that way. Or you might be strictly homosexual. You could just be queer and gender fluid and not really care and let things just happen. Non-monogamy does not dictate your sexuality. I will say, however, that there are I I have found that there are more um, open-minded. Now, when I say open-minded, I just mean like queer, like not really well defined. Um, there are more open-minded people that are non-monogamous. That doesn't guarantee it, but these people are usually a lot more open-minded with their sexuality, and that is very common. I like to think that i'm straight tofu follows up with but from time to time i like to switch it up maybe have both and do both yeah completely understandable totally understandable and the ability to know and recognize that is so important because it's just what you need non-monogamy literally is allowing yourself the freedom to explore. That's how I like to define it. It's saying that sometimes I like to do this and sometimes I like to do that and I don't really know how to define it, but I just like to go with it instead of overthinking it or trying to figure it out. I'll have the experiences first and process it later. That's the energy or the attitude of someone who is more inclined towards non-monogamy. We're gonna explore it first, not inhibit ourselves, try it out, if we feel led in that direction, and then we'll process it after. I was with the same man for 22 years, Joe says. Does it change your sexuality if one day you decide you might want to be with a woman? No, our sexuality is it's yours. Now, we think that we need to announce it because a lot of people do. And some people do need to announce it. They do need to become free of that. And they need to let everyone know. And that's fine. Some of us don't need to at all. Our sexuality can be something that changes day to day. It could change after six months. It could change after 16 years. Um, The ability to let yourself be who you need to be and to respond to your needs is a human thing and we are dynamic. So you don't even need to define your sexuality. And I like to tell people that because it's so important. You don't need to self-define unless you need to self-define. If you don't need to, then don't throw a title on it. Just go for the ride. If you do need to, then take the time to think through it. But don't Tie yourself to any one thing. Understand that we are changing, that we do grow, and that humans are dynamic. But your sexuality, like RJ said, is for you to know. King Wayne says, I don't want to have to go through a long dry spell while my girlfriend is getting laid all the time. Very fair. That that is a part of the jealousy factor or the concerns, and it's a valid point. So here, that's the biggest topic I always think the first thing... (laughs) (laughs) The first thing is always jealousy, right? And that's such a great emotion that we have because it can teach us a lot about ourselves. When we become jealous, we notice things about ourselves. So people who are in non-monogamous relationships or lifestyles polyamorous. We're going to take it deeper cuz usually this isn't a loving relationship. You usually have one primary partner. Some people do. Is what you're kind of talking about, Wayne. If your primary partner was out having sex all the time but you weren't getting satisfied, that would be really irritating. Not only would that be a jealousy thing, let me tell you what it would be. It would be unfair. And because it's unfair, it makes it unethical. So you get to decide with your partners what your rules are. What's my comfort level? I'm not okay with you getting it all and me getting nothing. That's a very valid point. That is a fair thing to say. In non-monogamy and polyamory, communication is the absolute key. And I will say this 9,000 times. Communication is everything because when you're non monogamous and your partner is with another partner, you will inevitably be triggered by something that you didn't even know existed some kind of insecurity, some kind of fear, some kind of anxiety. And if you're the type of person who likes to quickly change and heal and move forward with those things, then non monogamy is going to be easier on you. If you don't like to see the flaws, if you don't want to feel those discomforts, if you don't want to be pushed out of your comfort zone, Non-monogamy is probably not for you. <laughs> can you just decide one day you may want something different? You can, whatever's comfortable to you. Absolutely. <clears throat> you can absolutely decide that you want something different if that's the way that you structure it with your partner, right? For me, I do not have a primary partner, but I do have a couple relationships. So with these partners, there's different levels of interaction, different types of relationships. You can't assume with some people that non-monogamy means that these are fly-by-night, one-night stands. That's another thing that's often a misconception. It takes time to build a relationship. It takes a long time to build a trustful, uh, beneficial, a mutually beneficial, respectful relationship, one that has a good foundation. It's going to take time to do that. And it's the same way in non-monogamy. So one thing to really keep in mind is when a person has a primary partner and they've put in the effort to grow that partnership with you, you know that they're going to be having to give that same type of attention to grow that deep with someone else. And when you are in non-monogamy, polyamory, and you're open to this, you want that to happen. You want the person that you love to build as many meaningful and loving connections that they can. That's your desire. It's not to have them for yourself so that you get all their love and you can be their everything. Instead, it's you want them to find everything and everyone around them and experience love. It's a very different take on it, but the more love you can get from the universe, the better. And if I can't provide something to our relationship, I want you to find it somewhere so you're fulfilled. And likewise, I want to do the same thing. That's non-monogamy and polyamory, a little bit of the dynamic broken down. It's not shady. It's not, it can be, I guess, if people have those rules. Some people enjoy being cheated on, so they'll actually give permission or want, that kind of feeling, Um, it could be a kink, it could be a fetish. There's all sorts of reasons that people would get into non-monogamy. Can I have a relationship that has no contact but still goes on dates and stuff? Absolutely, Mikey, and that's that's so important. There can be in non-monogamous relationships, there does not have to be sex always involved. There does not. So you can actually have multiple partners. You could have a partner that is strictly sexual, and you could have another partner that's strictly not but you connect deeply emotionally with them or maybe spend a lot of time with them, but you don't have to touch. They might not be needed for that relationship. Some people really don't wanna have physical interactions. They've either been through trauma or discomforts or something that just makes it not right for them, but they are great partners. They're great people. They can offer amazing things. So to be their partner is fantastic, but to respect their boundaries is even better. That way the both of you can actually flourish and you can find someone Maybe can fulfill that side of you, and leave them feeling completely okay about that. Less of a um, obligation, right? Because if they can find something in someone else, they won't be looking at you to be their everything. Here's one of the reasons that I've chosen non-monogamy, and it's not the freedom. People say, and I get asked this an awful lot: Have you chosen non-monogamy because you're incapable? of making deep connections and deep, meaningful relationships? Is it easier to just stay surface for you? And to them, I say (laughs) that this takes a lot more work, that these relationships are not surface, and each one has a different aspect that I connect with. And in each of those avenues, I go deep with that person, and I get a deeper fulfillment, every partner, every connection, so that one person doesn't have to be all the things for me and I don't have the expectation to be all the things for someone else. That is very liberating. It's not the freedom to choose, the freedom to be, the freedom to live. It's the freedom to exist without expectations from your partner, to just show up and offer what you have instead of falling short of what you don't have. The arguments are a lot different. Now they're still arguing, But it's not about you do this and I need that and this and this and this and this and this. this. Sometimes, right? That's normal. But I know that this person shows up like this and I might not hear from them for a while. I might only see them once a month. It might be a very short interaction. It may be non-sexual. It may be whatever. It may be brief. But that's how that person shows up. And when they show up, they offer everything to me. So in the rest of the month, when I don't see them, I'm not sitting there thinking, mm, what is he doing? Mm, boy, <laughs> I'm not getting mad about it. I'm letting them show up the way that they need to. So then other partners can fill in in other areas. Do people in relationships like this need more love? Love that question. Not just love, but do people who are non-monogamous also require more attention? Are they high maintenance? Are they attention whores? Do they just need more love than other people? Have they been through traumatic situations and they require more? Are they those people who are just too much for one person? Maybe. My answer is maybe. I don't know all those persons. <laughs> so maybe some of them do. I would say that that question would be valid for any relationship, whether it's non-monogamous or polyamorous, Um Is this person clingy because they need more love? Is this person codependent because they need more love? Is that person more anxious because they require more? Um, I think it could work for anything. I will say that I don't think it's more love. I think that they're open to creating more love though to facilitating more. I don't know that they need it. I do think that oftentimes us as humans have so much love to give. Like we are wired to care. And if we don't have a person to shower that love on, it can get really, really depressing. It can get really sad. You get all of this pent up and then it just gets lonesome and there's misery and there's sadness. Um, And it can bring depression when we can't let our love out. So when you provide multiple outlets for yourself to express that love in whatever way, it's a lot less depressing. So I can't say that we require more love, but we do create more avenues to experience love. I hope that makes sense. And experiencing it in different ways. But instead I get labeled as insecure or whatever Johnny says. Yeah, people think that. People think that. Which is really odd because... (laughs) If you want to be in an open relationship, or if you're willing to um, not tie down a partner, you're not trying to land someone, you're not trying to just marry somebody, um, your insecurities are a lot less than the people who are in a monogamous relationship most of the time. Now, I can't say that with specifics or with certainty, but you cannot be insecure and in an open relationship. It's just not going to (laughs) work. If you're insecure... You're easily going to be jealous. You're going to be triggered. Um, It's going to be hard every time that person walks out the door or looks at their phone for you to not feel insecure. So people in non-monogamous and open relationships who practice polyamory, I think, have more self-security, certainly, than people who practice monogamy. At one time, I thought about joining a polynomial group, but was afraid of what my family would think. This is so valid, Mikey. This is a great thing. I'm glad you just said that because look it, there are people who think this way, feel this way, and their family is not open to this lifestyle. They don't understand. Um, for you, I say that I see you, that I understand your struggle, um, and I just see you, but you don't have to tell anyone anything about your sex life. Let me say it again. You don't have to tell anyone anything about your sex life. <laughs> no one needs to know about your preferences. No one needs to know about your relationships. No one needs to know what you do or what you like unless you want them to. So honestly, when it comes to family and my sexuality, I'm not talking about it with you because, <laughs> like, what, why would you want to know that? Isn't that weird to be asking me? I'm your family member. But when I bring people around, I make sure that they know the, the deal. Like for me, it's important that you understand you're never going to meet my kids. And if you do know my kids, they're never going to know that we have something going on. Because it's just separate for me. They don't need to know that side. And they're young still. Same with my parents, my sister, my grandma. Don't be grabbing my ass at the family picnic. You know, you can come around and hang out because I'm friends with everybody, but I'm also not going to be with those types of people who are going to be crass or showy um, at the wrong times. So you can pick and choose. This is your smorgasbord. You can pick what you want to put on the menu. You can create what this dynamic looks like. And In non-monogamy, that's the cool part is you can build this and it can change monogamy we know what we're getting into we're having one partner we're going to stay with them we're going to be loyal to each other we're going to you know maybe have a family maybe build our future do whatever it is until till death do us part And that's really easy to define, which is why a lot of people feel really safe sliding into monogamy. It's something that's already explored. When you're in non-monogamy, you create it. You can tell who you want. You can live how you want. You can be partners with who you want. You can take, you know, go out when you want. You can do what it is that you need to do, as long as you're not harming someone else. You keep it away from all of your kids too, Johnny says. Joe says when you have kids, things seem different. For sure. And you can decide what you want to share with that. And as my kids get older, I'm not going to keep it a secret. I'm not living my life in the closet by any means, you know, but they're young. They don't need to know about sexuality, sexual preferences. If they ask questions, I answer. I answer at their level. But it does make it different when you have children. You look at things differently. Who you share that intimate side with and especially how you choose to express that intimacy is only between you and your partner. Yes, that's the ethics. When people talk about ethical non-monogamy, what they are saying <clears throat> is that my partners are aware of what I'm doing, essentially. Um, it's just a fancy way of literally saying that. I'm open. I'm openly non-monogamous. Now, that doesn't mean they're open to the whole world. It just means that their partners know. So I want everyone to know that. If it's ethically non-monogamous and you're dating this person or meeting them for the first time and you're with their family, you're not going to just start talking about it. (laughs) It doesn't mean the whole world knows. It just means that they are respecting the people that they're with. Now, some people are non-monogamous and they don't tell their partner. I have to say to you as a human being, that this happens to anybody in any type of relationship, that people are not always going to be honest with you. Shocking, groundbreaking, but people are not always going to be honest with you. It's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility to judge their honesty or to punish them for their lack. Now, if you feel uncomfortable in a certain situation and somebody is not being honest with you, then you feel free to leave that situation or address that issue. But in some cases of non-monogamy, there aren't questions like that. And some partners are open to not knowing and to saying it's okay. However you live is how you live. When we're together, it's us. That's for you to define. Now, your code of ethics is going to be what your code of ethics are with your partner. So this is huge. This is where we come back to communication. In a non-monogamous, polyamorous relationship. The partners need to talk about their feelings at all times. Their feelings, their needs, their desires, their, their insecurities, their concerns. There needs to be a constant state of communication. If you are not good at talking about your feelings, it's going to get hard for you to dive deeper into polyamory. Non-monogamy will be easier if you keep it very surface. Polyamory might be a little bit harder because you need to talk. You have to discuss how you feel at certain times with certain people. Now, some people will decide certain things like, you know, every other weekend you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Okay. I don't want to know about it. Other people will say, I want to be there and I want to watch I've been in partnerships where one partner says, I want pictures are you guys cool with sending pictures? Yeah, sure, whatever. So it's like a, a, everybody defines it the way that they want to define it. You guys decide. You decide your comfort level. And that comfort level can ultimately change as time goes on. So here's the last topic that I want to cover is how to open up a relationship. Say you're already in a relationship. You might be unsatisfied like what Wayne was just talking about. You need to have a conversation with your partner. Um, you're not getting something that you need. Both of you are bored. Your sex life is kind of, mm, um, whatever these reasons may be, people try non-monogamy. to um, so open up your relationship. It's a conversation. It's not an easy conversation, but it is eye-opening, okay, because when you put your needs and your requests and your desires vulnerably out there to a person that is your partner who loves you, who claims to love you and care about you, and you see their reaction, you will know where they stand, (laughs) Now, their initial reaction may be, you know, just a quick response, so give them some time, but the way that they respond to your needs is going to tell you a lot about your relationship. It will tell you if it is one that is worth staying in and growing forward with, or if it's worth leaving behind because you've gone in different directions, and here's why. It's not a matter of that person agreeing with you or disagreeing with you. It's about how they communicate back with you on what you need and what you're looking for. If you say, We have not had sex in two months. We have not had sex in six months. We have not had sex in a week. And I need that interaction. Or I haven't seen you for longer than five minutes except for when you sleep. You know, I'm never seeing you. You're always on your phone. You're always behind a screen. I need your time. Or... I haven't had a chance to talk to you about all of the things that that are going on in my life and I just, I need your partnership, your companionship, right? You say these things to this person and you understand their limits. Well, I haven't had sex with you because I'm having medical problems or I, um, I haven't been able to be there with you because I'm closing on this huge deal for the company and it's going to set us up for the rest of the year or... I've been dealing with depression, so I just really haven't had the time to sit and connect with you. Okay, here, these these are valid reasons in a discussion with a partner for these same concerns. That partner, you could say to them, would you be interested in opening up our relationship so we could date other people? And then just see what happens. That's how you open up your relationship. (laughs) You just talk about it. You talk about your needs. You let the person know how you truly feel. Now, if you truly love them and you want them to be your primary partner, you explain that. You know, we're married and I love you and that won't change. But there are certain things that I feel like I'm not getting in our relationship that I would like to. Now, if they lose their shit, if they're freaking out and they're blaming you and they're saying it's your fault and they're blah, blah, and you're a cheater and blah, blah, blah. That's going to tell you a lot about your relationship. (laughs) A lot about your partner, a lot about the direction you're going in. But if they're willing to hear you out, even not so much as agree with you, but hear you out, there's potential there. There's potential for healing, there's potential for growth, and there's potential for opening up your relationship. You can do that very slowly. You can do that at your own pace. And just always recommend that you're super safe. Always communicate with your partner first. The other really big one on this is you cannot have a secret partner And then try to open up your relationship. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) So if you had considered that, like, oh, well, I got this side piece and maybe if I just tell her about it, then we can just fucking all combine. Like, no, (laughs) that's not ethical. That's not nice. Um, It should always be an open communication. So if you want to open up your relationship, if you want to spice up your relationship, all you need to do is talk about it. If you're too afraid to talk about that with the person that you love, that you call a partner, then your partnership is unhealthy. Because everyone should have a voice in a relationship. Good conversations for sure. Thank you everybody for your input. I am available for any questions if you ever have them. (laughs) The most important part, what it comes down to, and here's what I want you guys to take away from this is don't limit yourself. Keep your mind open, follow your desires, recognize them, and do as you need to do, keeping other people in mind. Don't hurt people because you want to experience something. Don't do something at someone else's expense. However, don't limit yourself into thinking it's not possible or you can't do that. If you're open with yourself, if you're open with the people that care about you, that you care about, You should be able to explore and have that freedom as a human being without any expectations if that is something that's for you. This is not a one-size-fits-all. This is specific. This is something that not everybody can get behind or understand, and I understand that. So I have room for all of you guys and for your own perspectives. Thank you for listening to mine. (laughs) Thank you for contributing. Like I said, great questions tonight. Great interaction. It was a really good stream and a good recording. So thank you guys so much for jumping in and for showing love. If you guys want to get in on the conversations, we are here live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We stream a different topic and record it live for the podcast episode. The podcast is 420 and 3Xs. You can check it out on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can also check us out on YouTube, and for the month of November, we will be having a contest, a drawing, for a free smoke session with me live on camera. You'll be able to do that just by subscribing to the YouTube. Subscribe as many times as you'd like with as many emails as you like. There is no limited number to the entries. At the end of November, I will throw all the names into a hat. We'll draw one and you will get a free smoke session. No purchase required. So jump on the website, hit the YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. I will be announcing the winner both on Instagram and on the website on December 1st. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for the Smoke Show podcast. I am super grateful for each of you, not only the listeners, but the people who come in on stream, who encourage and reach out to each other throughout the week and in between episodes. You guys are the realist and you are the reason that I'm doing this. I assure you that I am learning far more from you than you are from me. So, your knowledge is invaluable. If you have enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you hit the favorite so that way you can revisit our future episodes. If you'd like to join us live, you can do so by joining Kick Live and finding me on there. <laughs> My name is SmokeShow420. Those are zeros. So, SM0. K E S H 0 W 4 2 0. You can find me there. Join the chats. It's a lot of fun. It's entertaining. It is not for the weak of heart. <laughs> so if you got thick skin and you want to dive in, please join me there. If you have other questions and the stream is not a place that you would like to check out, then I encourage you to join the website. It's 420 xxx.live, L I V E. That's 420 xxxlive live. is not a .com. It's a .live, like our live streams and our live conversations and our live recordings. So find me there. You can ask different questions for the podcast episodes. You can give your insight, your feedback. You can check out different contests and rewards that I have available each month. You can get... Connected, You can find your people, your community. We have all sorts of conversations. And we are really grateful and excited for every new member who decides to get involved. Join us on Reddit. Check us out online, Instagram, whatever way you need to. We got all the socials, all the things. So thank you for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Can't wait to hear from you guys again. And as always, be good or be good at it. (laughs) We'll see you next time.